0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Otherwise known as Lift Every Voice And sing I hope you all have been lifting your voice And singing such a joyful noise As we celebrated the holiday Of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. uh, This month of January As we are in the final day of the month Before we uh, sort of pivot into February Which is of course Black History Month uh, but and, and it probably Is a very good pivot to make Because January Though some of you May not be aware of it January is National Poverty In America
0: Awareness
1: Month With more than 46 million Americans in poverty In the U.S. Many of those minorities, and, of course, African Americans. That's January, the first month of the year, January, from Janus, another uh, actually Roman god, I believe. So that was how we started off the year, was recognizing people in power. Now we go into Black History Month, the second month of the year. And have you thought about that? We're the second month. No, we're not first. We're well, that's poverty. That starts the year off. But we're the very second month of the year. I know a lot of people complain about it, but I'm kinda happy that it's in February. As a matter of fact, the more I think about it, the happier I get about it being in February. Uh February should be recognized. Uh it was the month for uh Lincoln's birthday, I believe. It's the month for Frederick Douglass' birthday. And it's also someone else. Uh, Malcolm X was assassinated in February. So as we think about Black History Month and why that it only has 28 days in it, except in Leap Year when it has 29, that would that is definitely a one way to look at it. But I'm going to suggest another way to look at it and what I believe is a more positive way to look at it is, hey, we have the second month of the year. And look at The things that happened in February. But we're still in January. As a matter of fact, the very last day of January. And there's been a lot of things to happen in this month, as there are every month. There's never a shortage of of that. And this coming week, there's going to be another important event. And there's going to be a bunch of important events throughout Uh, February that I wanted to start talking about today and the name of our show today is African-American Summit right here in Las Vegas the literacy book drive as we have been talking about and Las Vegas Black TV Las Vegas Black TV no we don't have it yet but we will and we're going to go into what that is and go into be involved with it and uh where where we plan on taking it i think you i want well i want you all to support us because obviously we won't be able to stay on the air and i just gave you a big hint right there if we don't have your support so we're going to go into those things uh a little bit later in the show uh let me tell you a little bit about uh, Our Own Voices Live, Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. for those of you back east. With yours truly, Rodney Smith, and my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, she'll be joining us shortly to host this show. And Our Own Voices Live is a spin off of Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine. And the idea behind that was we didn't know much about black culture, so we want to learn. Other people may not know we want to teach them, and we may not know about theirs, and it's an opportunity for us to learn theirs. So that was how Our Own Voices, the magazine, came about And, of course, Our Own Voices Live is a spinoff of that. So let me give you the rundown. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity, Not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And with shows like Our Own Voices Live, uh, the magazine Our Own Voices, uh, we also have the Speak Up Network, which is composed of Our Own Voices Live today. Earlier this morning, we had Brother Lee Vaughn with Real Radio, Radio Established to Address Life, based out of the Houston area, comes on at uh, 11 o'clock on the East Coast, East Coast time. And we also have Brother Thomas Berry with Rant Radio that comes on Tuesdays. I believe that is at 7 o'clock Central Time, but I'll look that up for you. And, of course, we have Mrs. Angela Thomas with her show. That's right. She brings you a little bit of pop culture, a little bit of music, touch on the arts, and that's called Needle on the Record. That's right. Needle on the Record. That comes on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. West Coast time. Needle on the Record. And a little trivia question for you. For those of you who remember 45, and you put that on the phonograph. That's what we used to call it back then, on the phonograph, the record player. There was a needle sort of that stuck out, and you put this record, this 45, this forty-five, forty-five RPM, and then it would play. It had a needle attached to it. You'd put that on the edge of the record, or it would do it automatically if you had a really high-tech one. My question to you, though, is because there was a thin needle that came out of the, the turntable which was actually for out record albums albums were thirty three uh thirty three and a third I believe it was, but they're thirty three r p m and it was very it was a very narrow hole and then the 45s were uh usually had one song on one side and one song on the other side where the album had multiple songs on it, but a forty five had a larger opening, and you had to put a device in that so that it would fit through that needle sticking up on the turntable. Trivia tricky question to you is, why did you call that thing that you inserted 45 to fit on the turntable? 347-826-9600. 347-826-9600. We'd love to hear what you have to say about our trivia questions and also about our show. Feel free to call in. And the title of our show, once again, is African American Student Summit, and it's right here in Las Vegas, Literacy Book Drive, and Las Vegas Black TV. We're going to touch on those topics today. 347-826-9600. Please go ahead and call it now. I see we have one caller, and that way we can get you racked and, and stacked so we can jump into the dialogue. And as many of you know, these shows would not be possible by myself, as most things in the world. Men can't do it alone. At least that's what the ladies would have us believe, and not that I would argue with them, and, but definitely for this show. It would not have been here had it not been for Mrs. Angela Thomas. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the show the one, the only,
0: Mrs. Angela
1: Thomas. Hey, Angela. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rodney.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I expect to walk out into like the Coliseum or something every time you do the <laughs> show. Hey, and, everybody. Well,
1: you, know, you are the one, so let's, let's get it. H- how you been doing? What have you been up to? I know it's been something, and what's going on?
0: Man, I've been grinding. You know, last week I had the 20th anniversary of Gilbert Elementary celebrating. My granddaughter, she kept it top secret what she was going to do. She was in a Shakespearean play. She played Richard the Third. All right. I was so impressed. My little I nine year old. Were. My little nine year old doing Shakespeare and she, she did that. It was really cute. I had a, a ton of fun. We took a lot of pictures and that was cool. But then the week got better. It was like an omen. The week got better. I got a phone call from one of my Chicago buddies, uh who's now in LA, he's a big publicist, uh, Kwesi. Mm-hmm. And Quasey is a huge poet in his own right, um, heard all over Chicago. Um, they, He was number one poet. One of the few poets heard on the number one urban station every day in the country. And he called me with a gift. He said, well, I'm representing Malik Yosef. I'm like, oh, yeah, our friend. This is our friend at all the poetry sets. One of the premier uh, poets in the world, really. He's won five Grammys. He's nominated this year for three more. Um, he's won a Tony, an Emmy, a uh, Peabody, ASCAP wow. awards. I, the list goes on and on. And he said, "Yusef, heard you were doing a show. He wants to come on the show." It's like, oh my God, you guys flatter me so. <laughs> <laughs> So it's good to have home team support your new thing. You uh, Malik came onto the show uh, this week, and it's up on the archives now. He really blessed us with um, some very interesting dialogue on uh, business, faith. Uh, just I don't I I can't even really describe. The conversation it was just really enriched and uplifting, and I hope everybody gets an opportunity to go and um, check out my interview. My well, I, my conversation with Malik Yosef it was really fun.
1: Well, Angela, tell them how how they can go to that interview.
0: Uh, you can go to uh, Needle on the Record on Blog Talk Radio, or you can log on to. My website, kneelontherecord.net, and it's there.
1: All right. So I hope you all all will uh, go out and and do that. And check it out.
0: You know, we really have had a a good time covering. I did a whole Grammy series uh, last few weeks, Uh, The Road. It's kind of our road to the Grammys. And um, last week we talked with Ms. Antonique Smith. She played Faith. In the film Notorious, Uh, what's interesting about her story is that she raised $50,000 on Kickstarter. She did this song, Hold Up, Wait a Minute, just climbing the charts as we speak, and is is nominated for a Grammy in the Best Traditional R&B category. So it was very fun talking to her and hearing about her process and her journey uh, thus far in the entertainment business. She's also a Broadway Star. She starred as Mimi in the in the uh, play Rent. So you know, it's just very interesting to talk to talent today, and they have a multitude of ways that they're expressing and and being discovered. Where they're she's now being recognized for her vocal talent as a musician, but she started with her musicianship in an acting role. So. You know, you just never know how doors will open for you.
1: Uh, You are so true about that because no one could have told me five years ago, six years ago, that I would be co-hosting a radio show that is roughly 347 listeners from reaching 100,000.
0: Can you believe that? I'm. I just. My face hurts. I smile so much when I hear how close we are to our goal. That's amazing. We when we get to the hundred thousandth episode, we're gonna do something special. I don't know what, but we're gonna do it. <laughs> so probably go out uh, and have some what, ginger ale and stuff. So something.
1: what I'm asking you all is go out <laughs> there and for these whatever. It, indicators you may have gotten through social media or blog talk radio to your friends so that they can listen to this show. You can go into the archives, and there is a bunch of shows that cover a whole bunch of topics that you can choose to listen to. We usually try to do two sec, at least two segments per show, so, if, you know, usually there's at least one segment that you might be interested in, and, you know, I never know how many listeners I actually have for a show until after the show. So 347 mm-hmm. listeners should be relatively easy to get for this show. But just in case people are out doing some shopping, watching the car, shoveling snow, if you're back east, I thought I'd rub that in for a minute. But uh, <laughs> let them know. And let us break that uh, 347 uh, mark and make that 100000 today. Let's get our numbers up to 100000 I, I need 347 brand-new people that's never listened to the show to get on here today.
0: Or some of our, our loyal listeners, go back and revisit some of the shows that you loved and, you know, tell a friend, if you're back east and you're shoveling, you know what? Put it on your phone, put your headphones on, and use us to help you move that snow.
1: That's right. Think of us here in Las <laughs> Vegas in 60-some degrees.
0: We're going to help you melt you the snow. We, Move it.
1: <laughs> we we thinking about you all because we're glad we're not there. That's true. And, Angela, speaking of snow, what about that snowstorm that oh, went across the God. country this week?
0: Yeah, I can't believe that some people are like, you know, New York is a little salty that things were shut down and, you know, the precautions were taken. Some New Yorkers are upset, saying that it wasn't as bad as the the the, the TV and, and the weather National Weather Service said it was going to be. Well, I'm like, yes, it was. Did you see Connecticut? Did you see Maine? Did you see Rhode Island? So you were blessed to get just the tip of it. They got slaughtered. So, you know. Let's just recognize that that storm absolutely was every bit of uh, what they said it was going to be. And there's still more snow to come. It's amazing. I don't miss snow. That's one thing I don't miss. Yesterday it rained all day, and it was like overcast and, you know, a little chilly outside. And I, I had some uh quite a few errands to run yesterday so i was very pleased to like layer up i felt like i was in chicago a little bit rodney i had on my denim jacket and i put my cape on and my black hat <laughs> it, was, I, it was a whole fashion moment and you know i'm born you in April. T- Yes, my cape. Okay. I'm all about that cape thinking life. That girl
1: for a minute. I was like, i hey, put a fat girl outfit on. Go yes, ahead. I
0: put my cape on. I'm all about that cape life people. Anybody else in the building feeling the, the the cape moment? The ladies are living right now. Stand up, call in, show me some love. Yes, I got to use one of my capes. I have two, but I got to use one of my capes Ooh. yesterday and I was too thrilled about it. I'm born in April. So, you know, I believe that there's something in my inner core that needs rain. So I, I literally took my hat off and put my face to the sky and just, like, took a moment to feel the rain. I felt like a flower or something that hadn't had any any rain in a while. I really enjoyed yesterday.
1: Well, while Angela was out there with a cake <laughs> flying around, right? Uh, you truly looking fierce. Uh, <laughs> at, yeah, you were looking fierce, and I was and I was looking sad yesterday because Thursday evening when I came home, I had a leak in my garage.
0: Oh no! And
1: I had towels and towels and was sopping up water and whatnot. And oh my uh, god! Luckily. And i got stuff in my garage. My garage is like a storage area. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can get a car in there. We don't have basements out here, people. So
0: So our garages are kind of like our basements were in the Midwest and and for Rodney and the East. We have basements out there. There are no basements out here. There are very few houses with basements out here.
1: And if I buy another house, I'm looking for one that has a basement because I miss my basement because my garage is my basement, and I would like to get all of my cars in the garage Right. Angela, the water. Every time I'd chop it up, there would be more water. And I finally was able to figure out, get an idea of where it was coming from. because at first, I was like, well, is it raining outside? It's soaking through the house? But what happened was a pipe wound up getting a hole in it in the wall in my garage just next to the water heater, And the water was spraying inside the wall, but it was so much water that it was leaking out of the base of the floor.
0: Oh, my god!
1: uh, Now, the reason why I'm telling this story, actually, is when I was thinking about buying a house, not when I bought a house, but a couple of years maybe before I actually purchased the home. I went around doing research on buying a home, and that meant reading stuff, looking at videos, and it also a very important piece of it was talking to people who owned homes or multiple dwellings. And a constant thing that I got was, Rodney, when you buy your house, get you one of those external homeowners' uh, maintenance policies. Like American Home Shield, Century, I think 21, there's a bunch of companies that do it. They said, get you one of those. They said, it don't cost that much per month. But if something goes wrong with your house, especially once it's outside of the warranty, if you get one of these things, you won't have to pay but a little bit of money up front, and they'll come in and fix it. So not that I want to give a plug to anyone, but I will mention but I do have one And so once I saw that I couldn't keep up with the water I, I turned the water off Because I had an idea where it was coming from That's why I needed to leave it on I turned it off and I turned it back on Yep, it was leaking from that place Turned it back off And then uh, Friday morning I got on the phone And I called My home uh, Maintenance warranty folks. That was That was Friday morning. Now, you all know who listen to the show regularly that we have our gathering. I made that phone call and after making that phone call before I left to go to the gathering, which the gathering is at 12, I usually try to leave out about 11 because I live so far away. They were at my house, Andrew. And wow. they came in with tools ready to go to work and found the leak just like that, the way they found the leak was they were looking for stains on the wall,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he kind of tapped on the stain, and the wall fell in.
0: Oh wow!
1: It was so the the uh, drywall was so drenched with water
0: the that water. He fell
1: in. So wow. he went and he fixed. You know he he fixed the leak, turned the water back on. By the time I came home for the gathering. Because uh, I, I had to leave him do, there doing the work By the time I, he he was done uh, I showed him a couple of other things He had, you know, since he's here uh, Instead of me having to go change the lever for the toilet You know, I let him Because once you call them Whatever you have that needs to be done That falls under their areas of A leak called the plumber So if there's any other Performing type maintenance that needs to be done, they can just do it right hey, here. They handle that. You any extra. So wow. what I was going to do, I didn't have to do it anymore because I said, hey, I got a toilet that runs a little bit. He said, care that. Matter of fact, he's coming back today. He needed one part. He's coming back today to fix it. But then the other part to this is because here in Nevada, we have, believe it or not, we have a mold issue here. And so yeah. anytime you have water, and it's a little chilly now for us here in Nevada. So I called my so that, so that the the maintenance guy had recommended that I, I call to check on the mold issue. I called now my homeowner's insurance policy, what you get when you buy a new home. I called them. I told them what happened, told them somebody had already came in to fix it. Angela, within an hour of that phone call, I had someone out tearing my walls out in the garage found out that it leaked into my laundry room, that it leaked into one of the bathrooms, they'd taken up uh, linoleum, they're putting chair and drywall down, Uh, and and I didn't even know it had gotten wet there, but they have this device that they slide it along the wall, and wherever there's moisture, it'll indicate moisture, and then they take a picture of that, so if they have proof of it, and it was a good thing because I was like no nah, it is just you know it's just in the garage but no it, it actually went from the garage into That's the crazy thing the about water it'll be everywhere room.
0: before you know it.
1: And uh, wow. so now I got fans in the house making all kinds of noise and but it, they sprayed the anti mildew that microbial stuff down to prevent the mold spores from growing and they're going right. to clean it out really good. They're gonna put they got these giant fans that are blowing hot air uh through there to make sure it gets really dry and then they'll and then once that's done, they'll check it and make sure and it takes like two, three, four days they make sure that it's really dry. And then they'll go put my house back together again. So okay. I'm telling that story, which is not the main topic of our show today, but I wanted to share that story with you all because people told me to get that home warranty. And some people say, Well, if I get a home warranty and you, you know, you pay fifty, seventy-five dollars a month. You know that's what like six hundred dollars a a year, or a little bit more, six, seven hundred dollars a year. Why not just save that money? And I say, if you make enough money, you save that money for things like that. Then by all means, you don't need it, right? You just call your maintenance guy and they'll come in. But
0: but look at all the extras they did. Oh, look at all the extras that were done.
1: When my washing machine went out, I called them. They came and fixed it. Then my dishwasher went out because you know if you own a home, these things about eight to seven to ten years stuff starts going out. So I have a brand new dishwasher uh, because the other one uh, had went out, and part of it is that they replaced it. That was about a dishwasher. I don't know since I didn't have to buy it, but I think they cost about four hundred dollars. Uh, I've gotten a brand-new washing machine uh, because of it. Uh, they came out, they worked on it, and then after a while they said, hey, just, we're just going to get you a new one. And garbage disposal, same thing. So for me, it's actually definitely I've made money off of it, so to speak. So for those of you who are listening, uh, it is, Going into Black History Month, one of the things that I push is home ownership, property. So if you're going to buy a home, seriously consider, you know, weigh it, if it's financially viable for you, one of those uh, home maintenance warranty contracts, or definitely put some money aside because if you own a home, maintenance is involved. And if you ever have a hot water heater go out, and if you own a home, you will, it's going to flood wherever it is, and if it gets into the drywall, the drywall just sucks that stuff. And the thing is, it sucks it upwards. (laughs) So, you know, it's not that, oh, I got a leak on the floor and it's up against the drywall, so it's so good. No, it's going to suck that water in and then it just keeps sucking it up higher and higher the longer the water is there and if it doesn't have time to evaporate. And, you know, it might be one thing to spend some money on, you know, a few hundred dollars on a, a dishwasher or something like that, but if you have to replace flooring, if you have to replace walls, uh, those types of things, now you're getting into thousands of dollars. And the work for my house had gotten into thousands of dollars from the damage. And no, I didn't want to come out of my pocket with those thousands of dollars because I want to hold on to Lincoln until he holds on to Lincoln until he hollers. That's how much I like those pennies. So there is your home maintenance trivia and tidbit of information today. Please take heed to it. Just weigh it out to see what's financially best for you. I can tell you from me. And and, I, and here's another thing about having those home warranty uh, pro. One, they show up quick, fast, and in a hurry. My air conditioner went out in the summer. I got priority. Uh, well, we get priority anyway when air conditions goes out in the summer. That's actually considered a needed item here. Uh, but mm-hmm. I got moved up on the food chain because I had my home warranty, and it was going to cost about $2,500 to fix my AC unit. Well, Jeez. instead of them fixing, me fixing it for $2,500, I paid a $75-something fee, I think it's 50 or 75 something like that, Angela, they wound up because my air conditioner was built before such and such a year. They had some new, more energy-efficient air condition. They gave me a brand-new unit. Wow. Brand-new unit.
0: Amen. Can the church so, say amen?
1: I, I say amen, hallelujah. <laughs> I think they say hosanna <laughs> is the highest praise. Hosanna oh, is yeah. the highest. Oh, yeah, hosanna. I, I say some dollars. So.
0: Yeah. And improve your property That's going
1: on uh, Yes, uh, definitely So that's what's going on in Rodney's world I know he deviated or excuse me, I deviated a little off topic But I did want to share that with you all Because part of the show We can give out information And one of the ways we get information Is that we live And as we live things happen And we learn to know And they say corporate knowledge Is one of the greatest things That ever happened to man And I have acquired that knowledge now and I want to add that on to those of you out there who might be able to put it to you. And like I said, if you own a home, things do go wrong, and you will have to buy this and you will have to buy that. So you have to buy a
0: lot of stuff. Investment. That's true.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh,
0: That's true. the
1: topic of our show today is African American Student Summit Literacy Book Drives and Las Vegas Black TV. You can give us a call at 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. And if you would like to speak with us, press Option 1, because when you press Option 1, that lets me know you want to chat and you're not just listening through your phone, because that is one of the things that you can do is listen to our show through your phone. All you have to do is call that number, 347 826 Nine six zero zero but if you would like to talk, press option one. So, Angela, uh unless you got anything else going on with you or you want to get into it?
0: Um, well, aren't we gonna say anything about Super Bowl?
1: Well, you cannot actually have a show the day before the Super Bowl and not talk about the Super Bowl, especially since they have the Flate Gate going on and all of these other things, but so what I wanted to talk about uh, about the Super Bowl Angela, believe it or not, is I was a big fan of all of the what I call faux controversy with uh, Adrian Peterson and uh, uh, the the Rice young man. I thought that it was blown way out of proportion, but that was me. Mm-hmm. What I did want to talk about, though, was the domestic violence commercial. Thirty second domestic violence commercial that they're going to run during the Super Bowl. And I talked to one of the, I guess, leaders of the domestic violence uh, movement here, uh, to give it a name, because one of the commentators asked her, is this just Super Bowl or, or the NFL just doing something to say they've done it? They've done something. And she she kind of says, well, it could be. And she says, let me tell you what it's going to do there's going to be more eyes on the Super Bowl than any other show that's coming on the rest of the year. And it's going to be seen all over the world. And she says the message that is in that domestic violence video is a powerful message. She said it was put together not by NFL people, but it was actually put together by people who are experts in that field and she said it is a compelling commercial. Have you seen the previews of it? No.
0: I'm one of the traditionalists as far as the Super Bowl commercials are concerned. I know we have all this technology now, and it kind of, uh, for me, burst the bubble of, you know, what I like about Super Bowl. I, I, I really don't care about football like that. I <laughs> I watch the important games. Uh, to me, the important moment in the game is the the last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter. That's all that matters. So, oh, that, being okay, said, okay. <laughs> that being said, that uh, being said, unless and I haven't seen the the spot, but unless the NFL is acknowledging that the most the busiest domestic violence day in America is Super Bowl Sunday. has been for mm-hmm. years. i mm-hmm. I'm happy they're doing it in their, you know, all everything you said and and you were quoting the other person. They're exactly right. More eyeballs are on Super Bowl than any other probably any other uh television product i think second behind the super bowl is probably the grammys um as far as viewership um we'll see i hope it i hope it it is the kickoff to a consistent message uh messaging plan and a consistent uh policy that's that's backing up the messaging Otherwise it, it is just them uh, catcalling to the loud, How loud the voices got this year And you know Before we know it If we don't continue to build on this And this is big I don't want anyone to uh, think That this is not uh, a huge step forward There I know many activists That have worked very hard for years to try and get the NFL to acknowledge and help uh in the arena of domestic violence and and they worked for years, they toiled for years and didn't get anything of this magnitude. So, I do respect that this is a very big deal. Uh it probably will save somebody's life. I mean, we just saw this week on our on on our evening news, Rodney, a Telemarketer here in the valley got made a call to a home, and the young woman hit the answer button, and she was being brutally beaten by her man, and they heard blow for blow and, and managed to get help. And when the police arrived at that woman's address. They literally saved her life because they came in on this guy with his hands around her neck. So it will save some lives. But I also hope that they take the experts that they're working with and the experts connect with uh, experts in communities, highly affected communities like Las Vegas, because Rebecca Ferreira shut down her organization that was helping women out of domestic situations. I hope that that's the work that they're doing and that this ad is just the beginning.
1: Well, uh, because that 30-second that airtime is worth literally millions of dollars, uh, regardless four of million how much money the NBA year, or, excuse four me, the million NFL
0: has. Yeah, $4 million. Super Bowl ad cost this year.
1: And so that, that 30 seconds is a valuable spot. There's a lot of companies that would have much rather have had that uh, that spot, that airtime, but the NFL has decided to give that towards the domestic violence uh, effort. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I, I like the idea of the commercial, but it seems like when we talk about domestic violence, we're talking about it in past tense. And I've often wondered, and maybe we can have a show about this uh, in March, but I often wondered, what are we doing to prevent it from happening in the first place? Because it is happening. Uh, we just had the, uh, and I mean, there's just all kind of things happening, as you, as you just mentioned. And it's good that people will have some place to go to. It's good that people will be able to learn that, oh, wow, I'm in a domestic violence situation. That's Then that's all needed. But I'd like, and maybe it's an incremental step. So if it is, okay, I, I, I'll go with the flow. But it just seems like at some point, hopefully soon, we can get into the things that would prevent us from having to have places like Safe Faith United, which we don't have any longer, because it didn't get the financial support to keep it going, and I, and with all of the hoopla with the NFL, and the stuff that was had, which I do believe was taken out of context, but it, but it was still done. With all of that hoopla, there was no additional money coming in for these organizations, at least not locally. Out of large national mm-hmm. organizations, yeah, they got money, but for the ones that boots on the ground, so to speak, like Rebecca. They didn't get an extra cent. Not only didn't they get an extra cent, but the number of volunteers to help work locally, and I'm speaking locally, that's what I know about, didn't really mm-hmm. increase that much. So it just seemed like, you know, I'm seeing this energy up here, but where the rubber meets the road, boots on the ground, whatever phrase you want to use, I just didn't see that much change in what was going on locally.
0: That's true. Yeah. So hopefully, you know that this 30-second ad is the culmination of years and years of hard, hard advocacy and putting a lot of people, a lot of people's flesh to the fire, and not getting any response back. So, you know, I applaud that this much is being done, and you know. That's a good thing. And I do believe that it will probably help somebody, save somebody's life, make some some uh person that's suffering decide that, you know, I don't I I I can go and reach out and you know, take take a helping hand out. So that's what I think about the commercial and the idea of the commercial you know i hope it continues like the uh the players wearing pink in support of breast cancer hopefully it'll fan out to something you know that looks symbolic and you know surface but they they actually raise a lot of money to help with Ooh, um, women handbook. suffering from speaking, breast cancer uh huh
1: speaking of pink and raising money You've often told me about These uh, campaigns To raise money uh, Hopefully next week We're going to have her on the show Or one of the folks that are going with her On the show But one of our local community activists uh, Youth activists uh, Dance instructor uh, She has a cultural program Miss China Hudson is has been selected to go on a trip to Africa. I believe it's to Ghana. And she, there, even though she's been selected to go on this trip, she still has to provide some funds. So there's a GoFundMe campaign, I believe, for her. I'll, I'll try to post that on the our own Voices Facebook page. And she needs some money to go on this trip to Africa. I always hear folks, well, I often hear folks talking about uh, you know, we should go back to the motherland. We should go visit. Well, it costs a lot of money to go to the motherland. Like three K to go there, because you gotta, you know, there's plane tickets, you have to have some place to stay. Of course, you have to eat while you're there. There's transportation to get to and fro. So it's gonna cost. You know, these trips are expensive. So it's not like everybody can get up and go. Well, Miss China has been selected to go, and of course, she don't have an extra three five thousand dollars just hanging out in the sock drawer. And there's uh, someone set up a GoFundMe campaign, and hopefully, like I say, we're going to get them on the show uh, next next week to talk about that since it's Black History Month. But for those of you who can support five, ten dollars, a dollar, you have twenty, or you know, a Franklin or a Benjamin, those are good too. Uh, something to help send this sister to Africa. She is part of the community here that supports cultural awareness, and she does programs throughout the year. She knows a lot about the continent already from reading, but she hasn't touched ground there yet. And this is an opportunity for her to touch ground there, for her to enrich herself with more knowledge of it from firsthand experience, and then bring Mm -hmm. that back to the community and to those many young people that go uh, through her doors every year from her Uh, various uh, ascension programs, womanhood, uh, programs for boys, uh, the various dance classes, drum classes, the Kwanzaa celebrations that she does, even though Kwanzaa is not actually African. It's created by African-Americans in hundreds of Africa. But those things, by her being there, will enrich her. And then, again, I, I said earlier, you know, about corporate knowledge, so we all can't go to Africa, obviously, but she can go, and then she can bring it back, and maybe that will encourage others to go because I think there's trips locally uh, once a quarter here or once every uh, every four months. So this is a great opportunity for her. It's really a great opportunity for our community. So for those of you who would be interested in sending or, or helping us send the sister to the motherland to enrich herself and then bring that back to enrich our young people, this is a great opportunity for you to show some support, help a sister out, help our community out, and help those children out by donating whatever you have available. I mean, $1 is $1 more and $1 closer to the goal.
0: Yep. Sounds fantastic. I'm really excited for China. It's going to be a uh, Uh, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Well, maybe not once, but it's going to be a lifetime experience Let's wish her uh, this trip and many more trips.
1: Right. So uh, I'm probably going to watch the Super Bowl, as I do every year. Uh, The best thing about it for me is the snacks. I mean, I like the game, but the (laughs) snacks are good. And I like the company because uh, one of our fellow gatherers, Stephen uh, Sale, a history maker in his own right, the first and only black athletics trainer, in professional Major League Baseball, uh, lives among us, and he invited me over to his house, and he's going to have a bunch of family over there. I'm going to go, and uh, at least the plan is to go and hang out with him and some fa- his family and friends, and he's invi- invited some other members of the gathering to come by, and I'm going to hang out with that's him nice. and watch the game and eat snacks and maybe get to meet some new folks. Cool. So that's – that's um, now I know you probably have a big spread of snacks, being that you got a, a house full of chefs and a whole bunch of chefs. ah
0: yes, this is the Super Bowl of chili. They're having a couple of different chilies over here. They're having like a, a the Super Bowl of chili over here, and um, yeah, me, I'm a traditionalist. Make me the 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 wing. You know, I love wings. I love wings and and burgers. You know, White Castle opened. Here in Las Vegas this week But you know I do my own version With the little Hawaiian dinner rolls And the minced onions And the coldy beef And we're going to have Little mini burgers And and hot wings And blue cheese I know ranch is the number one sauce uh, Recently uh, Was deemed the number one sauce for ring, for, for wings But it's not my preference I, i'm a blue cheeser which was number three on the list
1: <laughs> hmm, okay you know maybe we should have just done the show about super bowl snacks because there's a whole bunch of them from seven oh
0: god yeah
1: to sliders which is one of my favorites of course pizza and for those who imbibe the uh, various types of beer for me i like root beer that's uh i, I just love the flavor of it and I can drink as much as I want. So uh, that's, that's sort of how I, I spend uh, the day. I'm not neither one of them are my team's per se, but uh, because I'm originally an East Coaster and still the East Coast is in me, uh, even though they went through the flake gate, I'm hoping, I didn't put any money on it because, like I said, I'm not that invested in it, but I'm hoping that the Patriots will come out with another victory.
0: Ooh, Seahawks over here all day.
1: Uh, Well, maybe I need to go over to Angela's house and mix it up a little
0: bit. uh... This New dynasty being created. uh, For them to, to fight their way back to the Super Bowl is the first time that a team is being able to defend their crown. This is the first time this has happened in over a decade. So I'm really rooting for the Seahawks. I really love their story. I've fallen in love with their little story. I think it's so cool.
1: Okay, so if they do win, I will congratulate them because of their story. Though I do not think they are going to win.
0: Yeah, uh, and yeah. if you
1: all, you know, it's okay to write on uh, the uh, Our Own Voices <laughs> Facebook page, or you can also go into the chat room. I see there's a couple of folks in there, and let us know who you think is gonna, who you think is going to win, and then who you want to win because who you think is going to win may not be who actually win. And then let me all tell right. you something else. I watched an episode about people who bet on the game, and it was so interesting because they said people who bet on the game, they bet irrationally. And they said it's the serious gamblers who actually can make a ton of money because of the way all of us emotional people bet. So they said hmm. emotional people, they bet because that's their home team, they went to school in that area or some affiliation with it. So it said it's not which is actually the better team. And it says once the odds are set, then that's when the professionals come in and look and see where all of us emotional people put our money at, for those of us who bet. And then they kind of bet against us because they say we usually are wrong. <laughs> and that's how the
0: odds That's are how set. it goes. That's how so they that, go to the bank and they we go do. to the bark. <laughs>
1: Pretty much. <laughs> and then they actually asked some people, who are you betting for and why are you betting? And just like they said, that was the, it was the emotional responses that were given. So I was like, okay, well, I'm glad I'm not betting because I would be one of those people that they're about to make a millions of dollars on.
0: I, have you ever seen the sports book sheet? And listen to I, the guys talk about the complicated... I, oh, I, yes, for me, yes, it yes. was like my my eyes just glazed over. I looked at the sheet, and I, it was Chinese math. I was like, wow, I have no idea yeah, what this is. A,
1: <laughs> a bunch of goblet goods. But they seem to know what they're talking about. And there are, yeah, they got it down. One deal. guy said he hasn't, he hasn't had a job since like 1978 or 88 because all he does is just gamble. And because we're so irrational emotional. and emotional that he's been able <laughs> to make a living off of us and our emotions. So let that be a warning to all of you emotional people out there making decisions based off of emotions. People are getting rich off of you slash us in many different ways.
0: Well, I guess we probably
1: should hit the show topic. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast.
0: And that's 3.30 out east.
1: And we thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We are at the very last day of January, uh, about to move into Black History Month. I think it's great that Dr. King's birthday uh, happens to fall in the middle of January, the first month of the year, because we can talk about the legacy of King coming up to his birthday, on his birthday, and then after birthday we can talk about the things that we did to celebrate his birthday, and then after that, we're almost ready to go into Black History Month. So even though Black History Month is 28 days, we can kind of sort of extend it from Dr. King until March. So uh, it we can make it a little bit more than what it turns out to be. Uh, and kicking off Black, you know, there's a bunch of celebrations uh, all over. Three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero. Let us know what type of celebrations or observances or Events that you're having in your local community, uh, maybe it's something that we can do here, and we hope to let you know what we're doing here. And one of the things that we're doing here is we're having a student summit, and hmm. the Clark County Black Caucus uh, and some other organizations, including our own Voices, is help sponsoring uh, and su- supporting this this team. Uh, this student summit, and it's almost maxed out. So we'll try to put a link on the uh, on the Facebook page for you to click on and, and find it and go to it because it is something that's important. Because you know we can we can tell how it used to be when we were there, but what is it really like for the children today? And what is it that we might be missing as adults, decision makers, that We would only know if we were going through the process. Well, these students are living and breathing it every day, and they Mm -hmm. can provide valuable input to the decision makers, us adults, so that we can better service them as they go through this educational stage stage of their life. So I hope that you all will come out to the summit and uh take part. Uh there's a bunch of organizations from TBS to CCSD uh City of Las Vegas, UNLV, I mentioned the Clark County uh Black Caucus, uh the White House uh initiative on educational excellence, uh we have some churches, Nevada Partners, just uh K C E P, Teach for America, uh Nevada Department of Education. Uh, Black Image Magazine is uh, uh, a part of this. Churches of Southern Nevada, Communities and Schools. Uh, what I like about it is there's a bunch of organizations that have gotten together to put this thing on. Their guest facilitator is going to be Mr. David Johns, and he's the executive director of the White House Initiative uh, on Education uh, Excellence. So he's going to to be there, and you know, the uh, usually the school board superintendent's going to be there. I hope that you all can be there. And it's February sixth, from six o'clock in the evening until eight p.m. So February sixth from six to eight p.m. And it's going to be at UNLV Stan Fulton Building, UNLV Stan Fulton. Building, I hope you all continue. We'll try to. The, the flyer is already up on the Our Own Voices Facebook page, and it's up on the Blog Talk Radio page. I wanted to talk about that today, not just because I support it, which shouldn't be enough, but education for Black people is something that we're not necessarily succeeding at. Now, when I say not succeeding at it, I'm going by the graduation rate. Or a child who's gone to school for 12 years, right now nationally, we're at about 50% of those children graduating, and when I'm, I'm talking about African-American children. Now, when we look at all children, it's not much higher. So yes, African-American children, especially African-American males, are definitely lagging behind, but if you look at the overall graduation rate, it's not all of that great. It's not an A. We don't get an A in America for graduating our young people. African American Student Summit is going to be an opportunity. It's, it, and the way it reads, let me just read it to you. It says, "African American Student Summit, a Black History Month event. This event will be filmed by Vegas PBS, that's our public broadcasting station, a platform for students and young Black leaders." Let me put emphasis, young. Black leaders to share their challenges and re-image dreams with educators, elected, public officials, community leaders, and parents. Student input will inform policy. Student input will inform policy that improves educational outcomes, and they need you. They need all of us. Sometimes it's not about the money. It's about the bodies and the effort. Yep. Uh, Show up and support. The leaders are there because what happens is if you have an event like this, talking about a need, and maybe there is a need, but there's no people to say yes, there's a need, then the elected officials sometimes (laughs) may say, well, maybe it's not that important to them. And if they feel like it's not that important to them, they may not do anything. So here's an opportunity for us to really get serious and show the people that there's a need for this. Let's hear the young people. They're coming out to speak up. Let's be there to listen, not just hear them, but actually listen. Yeah,
0: You're exactly right. Last weekend and, you know, my the start of my comments this week were about me supporting my granddaughter, uh, My granddaughter and my grandson's school and their 20th anniversary. Well, the other part to that is that the ticket sales were a fundraiser. 100% of the proceeds went to help the kids at the school put on plays and buy supplies and go uh, to different things. They're currently on air now. With their on PBS, with their performance at the at the Smith Center, they're doing great things because the the parents and the grandparents and the community leaders uh, are there to help uh, help these young people take it to the next level. And you know, their anniversary celebration was a great example of. A community pouring into the lives of young people because they didn't just have the children that were at Gilbert this year. They performed, but um, they had alumni that had been a part of the Gilbert um, School the past 20 years. One sings at the Metropolitan, for the Metropolitan, the New York Metropolitan Opera. She came back, she flew back. And did a special performance for us, Um, other alumni, uh, doing fantastic things in the arts. Um, All because community came in and supported. It's so important. It, It can't happen without us. It's more to it than the kids showing up prepared to do their work at school. It takes a community. It takes a village. To educate our children,
1: and they need, they need. Well, let me just rephrase that. They need help, but we, as a country, need help because remember, our goal is to grow old with them taking care of it. Well, yeah, knowing security,
0: securing the knowledge that they can handle the reins, handle the reins that we're going to hand over.
1: And if right? we want them. If we want them to be able to do that, we need to make sure that they're educated. Like I said, it's not necessarily about money, though many people will have you believe that it's all about money. Money is a part of it, but the most important part of a child's education is the involvement of the parent, involvement of the parent. Uh, Curriculum is important. You know, one of the things on the Black Agenda, which we'll talk about more in February, is modifying the curriculum. K through twelve and in publicly funded colleges and universities, schools of higher learning, to include and incorporate African slash African American history and culture throughout all curriculum. It has to be done. If we want to do anything about these police officers shooting innocent uh, black people and people in general, but specifically unarmed black people and usually black men, then we need to educate them on the importance that blacks have played not only throughout the creation of this country, but through the history of the world. And for those of you who are part of that almost 100,000 number of listeners, you've heard me say that before. This is an opportunity at this African-American summit uh, being led by the Clark County Black Caucus. And I did say Clark County Black Caucus. They're not affiliated specifically with either party, they are looking for the best outcome for black people politically. That's what they tell us. And they have been, Yvette Williams is instrumental in putting this program uh, and being a part of it and making sure that it happens. So hopefully you all will go out there and I would say support her, but really support yourself because if you have children in school, you need as much help as you can get. Even if your children are doing well, because sometimes we forget about the children that are doing well because we're putting so much emphasis trying to save those who aren't. And those who are doing well, maybe they don't have an opportunity to do even better because we haven't focused resources for them to excel. Uh, Maybe that's one of the things that the children will talk about at the youth summit is, hey, I'm not in trouble. I like school. I have a solid home life. I get to eat three meals a day at home. I'm in a very good place. I'm exceeding in school, but I need more challenged curriculum. Well, how do we take care of that child? Are we taking care of that child? Because if we're not, that means that we're kind of stifling the growth of our best and brightest. And ultimately, limiting the intellectual capacity of this country, so yes, we need to find ways to plug up a lot of the holes where many of our children fall through, but we also need to make provisions for those children who are excelling and who can excel to excel to their fullest potential. To me, education is about reaching your fullest potential and if your full potential is exceeding what's available, then we fail that children, just as we we will fail those children who are in the third grade but they're not reading at third grade level. How can that be? What needs to be done? Are we willing to do the things necessary? Uh, one of the other things that they may talk about, I don't know, they may talk about it, is bullying. What type of impact does that have on a child's learning capacity? Uh, if he's if he's so worried about getting beat up, is he really focusing on studies? Uh, because he's so he or she may be so worried about getting beat up, are they actually able to achieve and like school? Maybe that causes an emotional block and hampers their learning. Well, that's that's very that would be unfortunate. Uh I I did try to post the flyer on Facebook for the that has the agenda. Uh so you can go to, again to the Our Own Voices Facebook page and read and see what are they going to talk about at this African American black summit. African American Youth Summit. Why do we need it? Why is it important? Hopefully I'm giving you some reasons to to support it, because remember, our goal is to grow old and retire and have those young people of today working to support us. Well, if they're all on the system, how much support are we going to get? If they're all on the system, what type of health care are we going to get? So it's actually, whether we have children or not, it is in our interest to look at how our children are being educated. So, again, that's the African-American Student Summit, February 6th at 6 to 8 p.m. I hope that you can attend. They're also going to be filming the event. It's going to be at UNLV Stan Fulton Building. That's actually located, for those of you who like to use GPS, 801 East Flamingo Road, Las Vegas. Free parking is behind the building. Once again, it's at the UNLV Stan Fulton Building, 801 East Flamingo Road, Las Vegas. Hope to see you there. And uh, give the folks uh, contact Yvette Williams, and if you have any other questions about it, at the Clark County uh, Black Caucus. So I I did want to, I think it's just a great way to kick off Black History Month. Uh, We're going to go to the young people. You know, as we are still in January and celebrating Dr. King, remember that the movement, though you saw middle-aged men, and Dr. King wasn't really that old himself, but you saw middle-aged men. Uh, There were women very much involved in the movement. As a matter of fact, uh, I believe in Selma, there was a woman very instrumental in the movement down there, very instrumental. We know that there were uh, women on the stage that wanted to talk during the the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom in 63. Very accomplished people in the movement. Uh, in Black History Month, we can talk about those some of those people, too, some of those ladies. We can also talk about some of those young people. You know, when we see some people today congressmen ambassadors like Andrew Young others we tend to think of them as they are today but we don't remember that back in 1963 these were many of them still technically adolescents they played a huge role in the civil rights movement and the people who were doing a lot of the marches and demonstrations uh, protesting the police officers shooting unarmed black people, specifically unarmed black men, most of those are being led by young people. The energy that young people bring is energy that I, as a mature person, mature-er person, may not have. Now, yes. They still need guidance because we have that corporate knowledge, right? I've talked about that a few times in the show. We have the corporate knowledge. But my wheels probably don't work like their wheels anymore. Definitely move as fast as I used to. They're agile, flexible. They're out there still doing things. They are a part of it. And this African American Student Summit is going to empower us as decision makers by hearing from the students that are going through the system, going through the process. Great opportunity to to listen to them, not just hear them, and also a great opportunity to break down some of the walls that sometimes are between the youth, the middle age, the mature groups. And maybe this is an opportunity for us to sit down and talk with them and Some of the things that we may think we know about them, we may find out that it's not true. I know I hear a lot of people say, well, our young people don't know nothing. I would challenge that. I think that there are some of the brightest that we've ever had. Do we have segments that are falling through the cracks? Definitely. Are those segments bigger than we would like? Again, definitely. But can we do something about it? I say, yes, definitely. But it's going to be it has to be a joint effort between educators, all the stakeholders, from educators, administrators, unions themselves, especially parents. And I really want to know, what do the children think about their parental involvement in schools? Are their parents able to help them with their homework? And I know that may seem cliché-ish, but that is important. Has have we advanced so much that the knowledge that we had twenty years ago maybe uh, hasn't kept up with what's currently going on in school? You know, if you can't help your child with their homework and they need help, where do they get that help from? Hopefully, they'll talk about that at the summit. Uh, where the help is, who can help? A lot of times, the help is actually free. Uh, Dr. Linda Young has her education community center where they, when they were doing the old uh, No Child Left Behind uh, testing, people could actually go there for free. There would be professional staff most of the time, if not all the time, who had volunteered their time to help children, they had a, a program that would help them pass their proficiency test. But if they had still had problems, there were educators that were there oftentimes volunteering to help out. A lot of children are in college today and have a high school diploma today because they were able to access some of the free help that's out there. But it, it could be all the free help in the world. If you don't know where it is, it's hard for you to use it, right? Well, maybe this is a way where the children can get that information in a collective manner. Uh, Maybe some inputs that they can give is inputs that you haven't thought of as an older person. And it can help you solve some of the problems out there with educating not just our children but American children in general. America is not number one when it comes to educating our children. And we should be. There's No reason, legitimate reason why we aren't. So again, I just want to sort of do the footstop on the African-American Student Summit uh, celebrating Black History Month. It's going to be February 6th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the UNLV Stan Fulton Building. And that's located at 801, that's 801, East Flamingo Road, Las Vegas. Hope you can make it. Uh, One of the other things that I had wanted to talk about is the literacy book drive, which kicks off Sunday, officially officially kicks off Sunday, and will run through April 10th and April 11th at the CSN campus, CSN Cheyenne campus, the books will be a book fair, and they're going to give away the books. And I wanted that segment to be immediately after the team Summit, and hopefully they'll be able to announce that book drive there. Literacy, and Dr. King spoke about it, is so important to our community and to this country. I want to reiterate one more time that if a child is not reading up to grade level by third grade, there are at least nine states in this country that forecast cell needs by the reading levels in third grade, Arizona, Nevada, being a couple of those states. So it's not like you just send your children to school and everything will be fine. Everybody learns differently. Sometimes our children might need something that the teacher doesn't have time to give because classes are about 55 minutes. If you are involved, you can find those things out. You know, there's something else. I, I do talk to educators, and they talk about discipline. Huge problem. But here's a group of children that have less of a disciplinary problem that's the readers. The readers. The average African American household does not have a library of 10 books. The average African American child, obviously, does not have a library of ten books. Because if he did it, then the house would have it. In England, only sixty percent of African or the English American homes have, or English uh, Black English folks have, libraries of ten books or more at home. Sixty percent. It's lower than that in America, with some estimates at forty percent. So four in ten black youth have a library at home of just ten books. Like anything else, you have to practice it to get better at it, reading being one of those things. If you want to be a better reader, you have to read. I know people will say, well, I read online. And if you're an adult, reading online may be okay because you've already have your reading comprehension now and your reading skills, but they've shown, studies have shown that children who only predominantly read online are not at the same level as children who read out of a traditional book. Now, they didn't give any specific reasons as to why that is, but they did say that. So, why aren't our children reading? Well, one reason they're not reading is because they don't have books in the house. You know, it's sort of If it's not in front of me, I don't see it, so it doesn't exist. And it's easy to turn the TV on and sit down and and watch TV. If a child can get a book and can read, and not only can a child get a book, but at the end of the book drive, we're going to have a literacy sort of like day at the CSN campus with the Living Sociology Club out at CSN. And the children can come and pick their own books. It gives them a little bit of power over themselves, right? And we're going to try to have the books sorted out by age group, and if we can do it by you know, genre, we'll try to do that too. It's a volunteer effort, so depending on how many volunteers we get, and if you would like to volunteer, please uh, inbox me because we'd love to have you at a volunteer. If you do not have something like this where you are, I'm in Las Vegas. Maybe you're in LA, maybe you're in Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, wherever it may be, Atlanta. Think about doing something like that too. Now here's here's uh here's the idea. The concept is for our community and others too. To look in their garage, look on the bookshelves for books that they've read, their children may have read, They've packed away. They're not going to read again for whatever reason, trashing those books. What we're asking you to do is donate those books to us. Now, I cannot get around to every place, and, of course, you all probably can't find me because I'm on the move. We've been so fortunate to have some really good community partners. One of those community partners, and the first one that come out in a big way, was the Living Sociology Club out at CSN. I don't necessarily see them as partners as much as I do as active participants because they've adopted this as just a part of their annual things that they do. But they are part of the community, and so they're giving their time. They're going to help sort the books and set up the, the book fair when we have it. And it's a book fair, so you don't need to bring any money. Just bring yourself and pick out 10 books. And bring as many children as you can. Bring your own children. Bring your friend's children, your neighbor's children, your sister brother's children. Bring the children out. This is for them. One year we had over 4,500 comic books. Some people say, well, I don't want my children reading comic books. Well, unless there's something graphic in the comic book, the writing in the comic book is usually more advanced in a grade level book that the child is reading in elementary school. The good thing about that is it challenges them, it stretches them, because if they're enjoying the comic book, they want to know what the words mean, so they may look it up. And then it's okay to use their smartphone or their their so they can know what that word means. Comic books are written at a pretty high level. At least they used to be. I haven't read one in a while. I think I need to get one and, and see where they are. But traditionally, they've been written on a level that's more superior than the age level that most children were reading from. Because the idea is to get children to read. Now, if I had it my way, I would give them nothing but books written by African-Americans or about African-Americans, mainly because they don't learn it in school, and this is an opportunity for them to learn it. And maybe next year you all can help me establish a book reading list that every African-American home should have. And then we can put our efforts towards collecting those books for the children. So I was asked, what about going to some of the big hotels and getting them involved? My comment was, since this is for the community, to empower the community and to show ourselves that we can do for ourselves, I said if someone works at a hotel or a casino and they want to start something there to get the books, like a grassroots effort. I said, that's great. I said, but I don't necessarily, it's not preferred, not that I would turn them down. I said, but it's not preferred for the hotels and casinos to just spend a whole lot of money and buy some books and give to us. And I said, because they would be taking their money to buy books to give to us. And it's what they would have done for us. I appreciate them for wanting to do for us, but I believe that we have to exercise our own doing muscles and do for us and not have it what someone else has done for us or what we've done for ourselves. That's why I said if someone works at a hotel or casino and knows where a bunch of books are kept, if they want to have an initiative to get those books, then that's great. Hospitals are other great sources of, of books. You know, we're not... The books don't have to be brand new. I mean, that's great if they are and somebody wants to donate some books that are like brand new. They read it and they're done with it. But we're talking about repurposing what's already there. Because for a child, if it's a good, exciting book, used or not, as long as the pages are there and the words are legible, they're happy to read that book. Think about this if a child is reading a book, possibility, they're not watching television. Though there can be some good shows on television, just to put it frankly, there's a lot of trash on television. child could be reading. And if the child is reading, statistics show they're less likely to get in trouble in school. They're less likely to be teen mom, They're less likely to have run-ins with law enforcement or be a part of that school-to-prison pipeline a whole bunch of positives that we know happens with children who to reading. Now, I don't know if data has come back that can actually pinpoint and say the reason why these things have happened is because the child is reading. I don't know uh, if the data actually says that. The data that I'm aware of, and if you all have some data out there, again, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. Uh, call in and let us know, because we would love to hear what that is. If they actually do have data that says, yep, it's definitive. Reading means you're probably going to graduate. Reading means all of these, this list of things. We know that people who do graduate or people who are readers do graduate. We know that people who are leaders have less issues in school. And isn't that our goal? Can you imagine going to school for 12 years and not know how to read? Hmm. Something to think about. So that's the literacy book drive. Uh, The Urban League, Las Vegas Urban League, has partnered with us. They're going to have the book uh, collection boxes in six locations. So look for those uh, starting this coming week. Nevada Partners has partnered with us. And at Nevada Partners, 710, West Lake Mead Boulevard, you'll be able to, all books are welcome, but we prefer not to get a whole bunch of textbooks. What I really would like is novels. That's what I would like. And, of course, we would like for it to be something that you like, because if you liked it, the children would probably like it, too. If it's stuff that your children left behind and they're no longer uh, claiming them and you need to make some space or would like to make some space, feel free to donate those. The goal is to get 10 books into 1,000 children's hands, 10 books into 1,000 children's hands. So obviously, you know that 10 times a 1,000 is 10,000. So our goal is to collect 10,000 books and then redistribute those books to 10 children each. Hopefully, we'll have 1,000 children to donate those books to. And that's why we want you all to bring them to the book fair on April 11th. We'll give them away. Remember when you were younger, to, well, for those of you who are baby boomers, remember when you were younger in school, and I think it was, at the beginning of the school year and towards the middle of the school year, they gave us those order forms for books. And books obviously weren't nowhere near as expensive as they are now. And I think you could order up to 15 or 20 books, depending on what year and where you were. It was one of the most exciting times for me. Looking through, looking at the pictures, reading about the books, and then being able to order the books, and it took like forever for the books to come. Well, not forever. It took like six weeks, six to eight weeks for the books to come back. So you had to wait almost a couple of months. Sometimes I'd almost forget, but when they would say the books are here, I was so happy. And most of the children were happy. That's why I believe. See, children really haven't changed that much. They've gotten smarter, but. The things that excited them then will excite them now if we make it exciting for them, and that's books and reading. So that's what the literacy drive is about, to get those books into the hands of our children, hopefully encourage parents to read because we want adults to come in and pick selections as well because if a child sees mom or dad reading, then more than likely they're going to read. Let's make reading cool. You know, you just call them bookworms. That wasn't a very flattering term. But guess what? They called them geeks. Geeks. And look who's inherited the wealth of the world. Most of the richest people in the world are what used to be called the geeks. So be careful. Bookworm, that bookworm, graduate, not be touched by law enforcement, which means, number one, that's a better chance of living. But we know once law enforcement touches you respect if you're a black male, your your life expectancy just dropped dramatically That's literacy, something so easy. That's what we're trying to do. And you can contact me. You can inbox me, and we'll have something up on Facebook for the event as soon as I can figure out what the heck I did with that flyer. But literacy book drive, I think is very important and you don't necessarily have to spend any money. Uh, We got books sent to us as far away as New York, and and that's great that they saw us worthy of their money and their effort. But I think that, and and we'll still take them. What I ask people to do is, hey, if you guys don't have something like that where you are, maybe start one. But if you don't have it and no one started it, you're not in a position to start, yeah, we'll definitely take them with, with the love that you intended when you sent them but we want this to be a grassroots effort so we can show our people in our community, that's what I'm talking about, wherever that community is, that we can do things for ourselves. And this is one of them, the gift of literacy. And that starts February 1st. Six locations at the Las Vegas Urban League and Nevada Partners. And if you have a place that you have traffic, maybe it's a restaurant or something, that you can – collect books for this book drive, please inbox me. Or you can call me, 702-430-6685. That's 702-435. We can just inbox me at Our Own Voices Live or Rodney Smith's, Uh probably Our Own Voices Live would get my attention quicker. We can do this. Well, the so we talked about and spent quite a bit of time sort of going over some some things has happened and some upcoming events for Black History Month and, of course, the big day in NFL tomorrow. And we talked uh, about the African-American Student Summit, which I think is important. Hopefully you all will come out. We talked about the liter- literacy book drive that yours truly is involved in. And then the final thing that we wanted to talk about, well, first let me let you know that there's going to be a event in the February Black History Month and that event is going to have a guest speaker uh, that's going to come in and this is uh, in conjunction with the city of Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Clark County Library District and for Black History Month and we're going to have a guest speaker Professor James Small And he's going to share four decades of insight in making African spirituality relevant and useful today. Uh, This event is sponsored by the Truth Seekers. That's what uh, Franklin G. calls us, the Truth Seeker Productions, which is myself, Rodney Smith, of Our Own Voices magazine. Uh, Franklin Cooper, otherwise known as Sir Cooper. Uh, We have Power 88. And Like It Is Radio, which is Franklin G's show. And uh, we have uh, Joseph Abraham with the Urban Voice that's uh, participating. So I hope that you all can come out to that event. And that's going to be at the West Las Vegas Library Theater, located at 951 West Lake Mead Boulevard. The West Las Vegas Library Theater, 951. West Lake Mead Boulevard, and that's going to be February 7 p.m. There'll be a short film screening and discussion. Uh, I hope uh, the film Two Roads uh, was a big hit when it was first released. It's a product of uh, Nevada Partners, and we're going to show that film at this event. So for those of you who may have heard about it, missed it, you have another opportunity to see it and also get some insight by Professor James Small, February 27th, 7 p.m. So a whole lot of stuff going on. Now, I talked about the truth seekers as being a part of throwing on that event with Professor Small. Well, the truth seekers, which would be myself, Sir Cooper, and Franklin G., Kidi Awadu, are going to start a Las Vegas black TV show. And the reason why black is in the name is because we're going to talk about black stuff, things that impact the black community. Now, we'll talk about other things, but we're going to talk about specifically things that are important to us. For example, we know that we are probably the group most interested in these killings of innocent black people, and specifically black men. We know we're that group. How much have you heard about The hands up don't shoot Initiative On TV lately How much have you Heard of The hashtag I can't breathe Movement on TV lately 347-826-9600 Because 6, 6, 0, 0. I don't hear anything about it. Every once in a while there will be an article in digital news, occasionally, and that's getting far and few in between, there'll be something on Facebook, but it's fallen out of the news. Is it less important now than it was then, or did it just fall out the news cycle? Well, that's the reason why we're coming up with the Truth Seekers production. We believe that there's a need in our community for news and information, dialogue, discussion by people from our community, about our community, for our community. And we're going to have our first show this coming week. Uh, We don't have the actual release date, so stay tuned. And if you all can do something where you are, you know, I, I, I like to mention L.A., Houston, Atlanta, Philly, Brooklyn, (laughs) uh, Detroit, Chicago, then put something together. Minnesota, Dallas, DFW, put something together. Let's network it. Build our own that we can keep these things that are relevant to us out there in the forefront. Because if the popular media is not talking about it, then it's very likely that we're not talking about it. And then what happens when another unarmed black man or black person is shot? What happens to the energy for change? Because once it drops out of the news, oftentimes the energy for change dissipates. Well, with our new TV, well, it's a video show. Probably go on YouTube, our YouTube channel social media, we're trying to bridge that gap. And there are other, out in Minnesota, he's looking at putting something together. Uh, a couple of other brothers that are a part of his Facebook uh, group, uh, the Rant, they're looking at putting something together where they are. Well, we're trying to do something here. I would encourage you all to do it where you are. If it's important to us, if it's important to us, then we should be willing to put it together and then support it. That's the key. Put it together and support it. So we don't have an actual official name. I just call it Las Vegas Black TV. I did want to broach it with you all today so you would be looking for it. But if you think there's a particular format that you would like, you know, let us know. If you think that there's some topics that you want to talk about. So here here's a story that's fallen out of the news cycle, and it's almost incredulous to me. That it had, and there was a young man well actually he was he was a boy, a teenager, black boy in high school, they found him rolled up into like some matting or something, rolled up in it, dead here's the thing they ruled it a suicide. So I guess he rolled himself up in it and died, right? But that's not all to the case. They found out, or it's been reported, that his organs were removed. Now, I'm thinking, okay, he rolled himself up in this mat to kill himself. Pretty sure he didn't take his own organs out. And if they're saying he did it while he was alive, there's something wrong in the reporting of that case, and there's something wrong in how that young man-to-be lost his life. But it has dropped out of the news cycle. Who is it important to? It's important to the family. It should be important to every American, but we know that's not how things are. Things are important to those people in impact. We want to, I want to know, was the young fellow, was he murdered? But more importantly, who took his organs? Where are they? And this is not the first case, especially with black people, black men, being found dead with no organs. It almost sounds like something out of a horror movie, right? But it actually happened. And this one may be one of the biggest cases has fallen out of the news cycle. We plan on, I plan on putting it back in the news cycle because we need to have our own video shows, video TV shows that tell our story. And then maybe if no place else we can circulate these types of things within our community to inform and empower us. And to keep us focused, the longer time goes by without a focus, the less focused we become until after a while there's no issue until it happens again. And then we'll go back in the streets and we'll protest and we'll sit in and die in and we'll do those things. But the powers that be will know that, yes, let them make some noise. Give them room. Let them exercise their right for simple disobedience, and let them exercise their right to free speech. After all, they're just gonna—they're just going to forget about it. Give them a couple of months. We'll give them two, maybe three weeks max in the news cycle. They'll forget. I'm not forgetting this show will be about keeping those things that are important to us a lot. Remember the young lady in, I believe, Florida who went to jail? I think her last name is Alexander, Alec- Alexander. who was being threatened by her partner or former partner, and she got charged because she fired off a gun. No one got hurt. She didn't shoot at the person. Is basically firing to get the person back, so to speak. Not, Don't necessarily agree with the tactic, but it's what happened. They gave a jail time. Well, they have, I believe, suspended her sentence, but I don't know if it nullified it, expunged it, erased it. Is that justice? Was justice really served? And then when we do talk about these police killings, And when I say police killing, I'm talking about police killing citizens. If we don't make changes, then the same thing that's been happening probably will recur. So we have to keep these things alive, It's no place else but in our own community. If we don't keep it alive in our own community, and it's not important to us, how can we actually think it will be important to them? As a matter of fact, oftentimes what they will say, some people say it's an excuse. Well, it is an excuse that works. Well, you know, you guys are not doing nothing with it, so if you you all aren't involved with it, why should we be involved with it? If it's not important to you, why should it be important to us? Public servant, that should not be their logic, but I can understand that being their thought process. We have to keep these things alive. So look for more information coming up about our Las Vegas Black TV. Not sure what the name of it will be. That's a working name for now. And if you have some inputs for us on how it should work, let us know. If you want contact information on how you can view it, please let us know because this will be coming to you soon. And look for these shows to start popping up someplace near you throughout the country because, like I say, Brother Thomas Berry from Rant Radio in, uh, I believe, Brooklyn Park, in Minnesota, is working on it. Uh, He passed that on to a few other brothers who are looking into it. Uh, This was a concept that we had actually been working on for a while with our own voices. It's just good to see other people realizing it. Encourage you all for Black History Month, for Black History Month. Now, I'd like for you to do it all the time, but for Black History Month, instead of calling each other coons, Negroes, N-I-G-G-A, and any other derivative of the negative words, instead of telling us what we don't do and how bad we usually do, instead of saying we will not unify and nothing is going to happen, instead of using language like that, I'm suggesting that you use language about what we have done what needs to be done, how it can be done, and that it's being done. Let's talk more in the affirmation of change, and change should start with us. I I can't change a cop from disliking me, per se. That's in the cop. If the cop or a person wants to be upset with me because they want to be upset with me, I probably can't change them, but I can change myself to do more for me. I know there may be some people that say, "Hey, but these are there are things that's being done to us. We need to fix those." And I agree with you 100%. But how much have we fixed, and how much are we fixing? So for Black History Month, I'm still in January, so I can talk like that for now. But February forward momentum. What are we building? What are we working on? Who is building with us? Who would like to build with us? How can I help you build? I know some people might say it's semantic. Words are important. Let's speak words of power. Let's speak words of encouragement. Let's speak words of affirmation. I guarantee you, unless There is a mental deficiency. If you speak in the positive, you will begin to act in the positive. If you speak in the positive, you will feel positive. No matter what your circumstance, you'll feel a little bit better. Because no matter how good you have it, there's somebody who has it better. And usually, no matter how bad you have it, there's someone who has it worse. For February... I'm asking us to be our brother's keeper, not just in words, but in acts. Those who will diminish us, not those who will talk bad about us. And yes, I'm a member of a Facebook group, and the women talk very negatively about black men. And I'm told that there's some guy named Tommy Sotomayor that has a page, a black man, it talks very negative about black women. Let's call a truce. We're in the boat. We're in the same boat. Let's call a truce. What I did on one Facebook page is I heard so much negative talk, is that I asked the people to write one word, one positive word about a black man just one word. And I heard them, no sentences, just one word. And it was so affirming to see those words. And I told them, I'm going to do the same thing for black women, who we'll to write down something positive in one word about black women. And what I'm willing to bet, if, or would be if I was a betting person, is that a lot of the positive things said about the black men, will be able to say the same positive things, about the black woman. Well, if we can say those positive things about us, why spend so much time on the negative? Let's build up the areas in which we're strong. Oftentimes, that has the effect of strengthening our weaker areas. It also breaks down some of the artificial walls between us, tear them down. So for February, let's look at speaking in affirmation about each other and to each other. Not what we're going to do to each other, not what hasn't been done, but let's talk about what we can do, what we're doing, and then let's move forward that way. Thank you so much for listening to Our Own Voices Live today. We've been talking about the African American Student Summit. That's February 6th the Literacy Book Drive that starts February 1st and lasts through April 10th. And we talked about Las Vegas Black TV. I hope to report that our first show is in the can when I come back next Saturday, and I also hope to report sometime soon about other shows that are popping up across the country. Thank you so much for taking your time and listening, for helping us, Get those 347 listeners to bring our total listeners up to 100,000 people. 100,000 people. I don't know how many listen today, but I sure hope it's 347 more that normally listen to take our number up to 100,000 listeners. I will be back next week with my co host, Mrs. Well, I'll be back next week. Hopefully, my co host, Ms. Vandal Thomas, will be with us. And we hope to talk about going back to Africa, that might be high title estate, and the fund drive so that we can send one of our own to Africa, to the motherland, and then bring that their and corporate knowledge back and sharing it with, with the rest of them. And if you can support that effort, we hope to have a link on the Facebook page. If you can give a dollar, that's one dollar closer to the goal. These trips to Africa are expensive. We're talking somewhere between $3,000 and $5,000. Well, as you know, most of us probably don't have it in our wallet. So let's help the sister go back and help so many youth by sharing what she learned by going back to the motherland. You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. for those of you back east. Thank you so much for listening to us. You can continue the discussion and Get more information by going to Our Own Voices Live on Facebook, and you can also see some posts on Our Own Voices on Twitter. I look forward to hearing from you during the week, and if you have any comments about the show or some upcoming shows or questions about some of the things that we talked about, we gave a bunch of events today, please, you can reach me at 702-430-6685, or you can inbox me on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and hope to have you back next week. And I hope to report had a hundred thousand listeners added on to our regular Jewish listeners today, be safe, keep shoveling the snow. There's another storm coming and stay warm. Bye-bye everyone.